This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs, last week I was sniffing around the OTAs, doing a little SNR broadcast from there on Thursday. I didn't see you. Were you avoiding me? What the hell, man? I was coming down there. I was excited to see my buddy in person, and you were nowhere to be found. I, I heard you were going to be there. Uh, you know, we, we, we spend enough time together, don't you think? You just you can't see my face. All that's good enough for you is to just hear my voice. That's all you can take. Well, oh, it's, and it's, it's a melodious voice. <laughs> We've got a lot of questions today in this edition of Asked and Answered, and our first one comes from across the pond, Jack Matthews from Liverpool, UK. I was wondering when Ben Roethlisberger's official retirement presser will be. Um, Just let me start with this. Congratulations once again on starting with a quarterback question. Two for two since we we started this exercise. Yes, let's see if we can maintain it through until the start (laughs) of training camp, which... I don't know exactly, but it's going to be late July. Okay. Um, so anyway, at the end of the 2021 season, you know, everybody knew that Ben Roethlisberger was going to retire. He pretty much, you know, talked about his last game at Heinz Field, et cetera, et cetera. But Ben chose to announce his retirement on his social media accounts uh, because, you know, I am absolutely certain that the team would have held a, you know, an official retirement presser, um, you know, with all the bells and whistles, you know, Heinz Field, right. all the media, bring back ex-players, the coaches, you know, everybody would have been there. But, you know, that was Ben's choice to do it that way. Uh, it spared him the, um, you know, I won't say agony, but, I'm, you know, a lot of guys get a little emotional uh, at those retirement press conferences. Uh, I'm sure he would have taken some grief from his teammates if he broke down, and I'm sure that he would have. I mean, it's, you know, as, as much as you say you won't or try not to, uh, I just think that that's a, one of those, you, you, can't, you can't win that. Uh, you're going to lose to the emotion of the moment. So Ben chose uh, to do it the way he wanted to do it, somewhat privately in terms of, you know, his own involvement. And um, the Steelers respected his decision, so... Uh, I'm sure that as uh, far as the team is concerned, that that, that book is closed. In, in your feeling, Labs, do you think he'll maybe, you know, not stick around as far as, you know, he's going to be at the facility and all that stuff, but you come to a game every once in a while or you know, just be a part of the Steel organization still from a different perspective, or you think he's just going to kind of ride off into the sunset? Well, I, you know, I think that we'll, we will see Ben at um, events, right. you know, um, when they have the reunions for those Super Bowl teams, uh, certainly when he's inducted into the Hall of Honor, uh, when he gets his uh, Hall of Fame ring, you know, there will be things, um, you know, mile markers in terms of his, still his football career, his post-playing career, but still part of his football career. And, uh, you know, I think that he will, um, you know, participate in all those and give the fans a chance to, you know, show their respect and love for what he accomplished. Uh, but I don't see... You know, Ben is not, I don't think, one of those guys who's going to be hanging around a lot, uh, volunteer quarterback coaching or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, he's got young children and a, you know, full family life. I, I think Ben is going to, you know, take advantage of some of the freedom he has. I mean, we've already heard from him a little bit saying he likes his job as, you know, uh, school bus driver <laughs> yeah. and lunch maker, or however he described it. And I, I just think that, you know, when you have young kids and you've missed, 
as much as you have to miss of their uh, very early life because of your job and you have an opportunity and the wherewithal um, to now step back and, you know, be a part of it every day if that's what you choose. Uh, I think that's what he would choose to do. And making PB&Js every morning requires a lot less head trauma than his old job. So I'm sure I'm sure he's a lot happier there. Yes. You think he's a PB&J guy? No egg salad? <sighs> no, maybe? I think he's a PB&J guy. It's safe to assume a lot yeah. of people are PB&J guys. So popular. But, you know, egg salad, though, that's the next, you know, you got to take it to the next level every now and then. <laughs> he's making it for young kids, might... though. What young kids like egg salad? Come on. Me? You didn't like egg salad when you were growing up. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, I didn't man. say tuna. <laughs> you know, egg salad over tuna. Larry Morrison from Pensacola, Florida. I just read that the regular season game between the Raiders and the Steelers will be a part of the 50th anniversary celebration of the Immaculate Reception. Many of the 1970s greats will be on hand. Jack Lambert is my all-time favorite Steelers player. Do you have any information as to why he never makes any appearances? Um, okay, I want to deal with this question in like two parts the first is having to do with the 50th anniversary celebration uh, of the immaculate reception um what art rooney said about that when the art rooney the second said about that when the uh schedule was announced it, it, it was this we're going to have celebrations on december the 23rd which is the actual anniversary of the immaculate reception and so we'll probably have some guys in from that 1972 team Okay, Jack Lambert wasn't drafted until 1974. So I do think uh, that there are some fans, Larry included, who, you know, lose maybe the little sense of history in terms of when Lambert and other those other guys, Swan and, and Webster and, you know, those guys joined the team. So none of them will be included only because they weren't on the 72 team. Mm. Okay, so uh, he won't be at that because he doesn't really qualify. Um, why he doesn't never makes any appearances, you know, I was just kind of talking about Ben Roethlisberger and how I perceive him approaching, you know, his post football life. I, I don't think, you know, Jack Lambert was never a guy who, you know, sought the spotlight or reveled in, in being in the spotlight, you know, or any of that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, he has chosen, uh, to live a somewhat private life post football. I mean, and that's totally, you know, his choice. It's his prerogative. And um, I don't think he owes fans anything in terms of uh, appearing or, you know, anything like that. Uh, Lambert has shown up for some things. Uh, he was uh, there for the first. Uh, he's there for his Hall of Honor induction. Uh, he also has attended, I think, um, maybe the 25th anniversary of the Super Bowl nine team. Um, so it's not like he's totally invisible, but you know, that's, that's not Jack Lambert's thing. And, um, I don't think he has to apologize for it or explain himself for it either. I'm not going to ask him to apologize for anything. That, that man can do whatever the hell he wants. Mike Clapper from Bedford, Pennsylvania, I saw a recent article that reported Russell Wilson can become the fifth NFL quarterback to beat all 32 teams if he engineers victories against the Seahawks and Chargers this season. I was just wondering what teams Ben Roethlisberger never defeated during his NFL career. There's one. That would be the Steelers. <laughs> uh, he has wins over the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, a lot of times 
you know, you just don't think of that because I even looked it up. And then when I saw it, I was like, well, duh. You know, well, I guess um, there was a chance there was some random team in the NFC that he just went O for against, but that's not the yeah, case. Yeah, O for O for O and one or something, or you know, was injured. Right. But no, he has wins against thirty-one NFL teams, none against the Steelers. Gene Gray from Moreno Valley, California. I'm confused and concerned about Kenny Pickett's age. I could swear that I heard someone remark that he is 25 years old already, but I just looked at his bio and it says he's 23 was born in June 1998, but he spent five years at Pitt. Did he enroll at 18? What's the deal? <laughs> it's like Jerry I heard Seinfeld someone, at the end. What's the deal? <laughs> I heard someone remarked. I heard someone remarked. <laughs> now, that's that's certainly, um, um, you know, uh, an unimpeachable source. Um, <laughs> okay, so I'll just, I'll just, and he swears he did. So there you go. What am I thinking? Uh, he's not. He was, in fact, born in June 1998. That is a fact. So that means uh, sometime this month he will be 24. Uh, so, you know, it's quarterbacks play into their 40s now. Uh, I think the only issue with Pickett's age in terms of he was a little older than, you know, other people in the draft class was when you were evaluating his college statistics. That's when you would take that into account that he had played more games um, than other guys uh, coming into the draft. And he played more games at one place as a more developed player and person physically than other guys uh, in the draft class at various positions. Okay, that's over now. So the fact that he's 24 instead of 22, you know, I don't think it, it's you know, going to impact his length of his career or anything, specifically his age. And, Gene, here's the deal with um, your age. Okay, you can be, say your birthday is June 10th. So on June 9th, you're 23. On June 10th, you're 24. So that looks like that's a whole year difference, but really it's one year, one day different. Are you sure so about that? Are you sure that's how it works? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> so when you enroll in school since his birthday was in June, and you don't enroll until September or August, whenever the school year starts, you look older than everybody else, but you're not a year older. You may be five weeks older. You know, it's it's not it's not um, what Gene is trying to make it out to be that significant uh, of an issue. So um, what the deal is, Gene, I would suggest, you know, maybe we look for something else to be more confused and concerned about than something like that. This honestly is one of the off-season narratives that has getting me the most fired up is the whole Pickett's old, you got to start him right away, he's so old. A, uh, 24 being old, wow, that's four years younger than I am right now, so I can't imagine what it's going to feel like four years from my point right now if that's considered old. And B, the NFL these days, man, quarterbacks are protected uber allis. They can have a career last over a decade just because of the new rules. They can't get hit anymore. So I hate when people are like, ah, got to start him ASAP because he's too old if you don't. I, I just don't buy into that. I think even if he starts at age 25, you could have him if he's successful until he's 35, 36. Yeah, I mean, play him when he's ready. Right. As I said, That's it's most not like important. he's – He's Ron Dane, a running back with, you know, 800 <laughs> college carries or something. You know what I mean? It's, it's, 
two, like you said, two different positions and the way the game is legislated, it's really not an issue. John Pudluski from Burlington, Ontario, Canada. How many quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 have actually won a Super Bowl? Okay, um, Super Bowl 56 uh, was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, okay, there have been 15 quarterbacks drafted in the top 10 who have won Super Bowls. And those 15 quarterbacks have a combined 24 Lombardi trophies. So I'm going to go through them in chronological order for you. Top 10 picks. Joe Namath, first overall pick, and an AFL draft. Len Dawson, fifth overall pick. Bob Greasy, Miami, fourth overall pick. Bradshaw, first overall pick, won it four times. Plunkett, first overall pick. Jim McMahon, fifth overall pick. Phil Simms, seventh overall pick. Troy Aikman, first overall pick, won three. Steve Young, first overall pick. Elway, first overall pick, one, two. Trent Dilfer, sixth overall pick. Wow. That's an outlier right there. (laughs) um, Peyton Manning, first overall pick, one, two. Eli Manning, first overall pick, one, two. Patrick Mahomes, 10th overall pick. Matthew Stafford, first overall pick. Um, As I said, Bradshaw has four. he he leads the he has the most wins of quarterbacks top, drafted in the top ten because we all know Captain America was a sixth round pick, <laughs> um, and among the teams drafting the top ten quarterbacks, uh, these teams picked more than one. The Steelers had two. You know who the other one was besides Bradshaw. I don't. Ha, Len Dawson. Ah, how did I forget? The Colts had two. <laughs> Who were there to? The Colts had two picks. Oh, I know this one. Peyton obviously was the first one. And then because of the 30 for 30, Elway to Marino, I know that the Colts <laughs> picked John Elway. Attaboy. Yep. Attaboy. I'm doing my research. And the, Buc- the Buccaneers had two. I have no idea who the Buccaneers were. Steve, <laughs> Steve Young and Trent Dilfer. <laughs> Young went to the um, USFL. <laughs> both, both guys not winning a Super Bowl for the Buccaneers. <laughs> not those Buccaneers. That is an accurate statement. Jack McDaniels from Sun Valley, Idaho, asks, in regard to the drafted players participating in rookie minicamps, do NFL teams attempt to schedule these camps around college semesters as to not disrupt their educational commitments? Um, okay, uh, Jack, um, this is the way it works now, <laughs> not only in the NFL, but probably in college campuses all over America. Um, I don't imagine there's a whole lot of educational commitment taking place over a college weekend in May for anyone. <laughs> and rookie mini camps are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Saturday and Sunday, there's no classes. Friday, as I said, uh, I would imagine uh, most of the students like... Um, are cutting out early anyway to take advantage of some nice weather. So beyond that, though, you know, the NFL is a... Um, it's like a job fair. Rookie minicamp is a job fair. And that's the job at the NFL level. Minimum salary, $705,000 for a year. Now, um, all I would say is if you would take a poll, go to college cam- campuses and ask college seniors or, you know, whoever, who is willing to give up a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of their educational commitment 
for a chance at a $705,000 one-year salary for a new job. Yeah, I'll take it. There, <laughs> there, right. There you go. So um, I'm not disparaging the value of education. Uh, certainly not. But I think at that particular time in these individuals' lives, that auditioning and getting prepared for what might be uh, a job slash career that could change the life of you personally and your descendants, maybe for a generation or two, it's worth the uh, gamble on your educational commitment. By the way, I just want to make it clear on Friday nights in college, I was very committed to education. It was just the education I received on drinking 10 to 12 beers that night. That was the I was education say, I was committed yeah, to. The, the experiments were how many beers can I drink before <laughs> I absolutely have to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> and it was like 12. Okay. Daryl Saunders from Miami, Florida. Is Craig Wolfley going to continue to do a radio show on SNR after the passing of his teammate and longtime friend, Tonjelkin? I am a longtime listener of SNR, and I really miss the In the Locker Room show. I've got to tell you, you missed the whole year of uh, I was gonna In the say, Locker Room with Wolf and Starks. <laughs> it's been going on, buddy. And, <laughs> yeah, um, because Max Starks filled in, you know, once, once Tunch passed uh, with the start, then with training camp started in 2021. Um, and at the same time, the same number of days. Uh, and what I can tell you is, Daryl, just look for it the same way you look for uh, in the locker room with uh, Tunch and Wolf. Um, and if you can't find it on the dial, uh, you can go to Steelers.com, scroll down to close to the bottom of the page, and there Mark Henke from O'Fallon, Missouri. I know it was only a uh, excuse me. I know it was only for a brief time, but has there been a better linebacker group than Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, and Andy Russell? Andy is the reason I first became a Steelers fan in 1967. Okay, my, my opinion: those three were the best group. Uh, those three won uh, two two Super Bowls as a starting unit. Two of the three were first ballot Hall of Famers. And the third was a seven-time Pro Bowl selection who missed a season when he was 23 because of military service and also survived the purge when Chuck Noll was hired in 1969. Wow. The, only, the only group that I could see even being in the conversation would be the Giants group in the 80s. Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks, outside linebackers. Gary Reason, Harry Carson, inside linebackers. Taylor and Carson are in the Hall of Fame, but the Giants... Their group had four players. The Steelers group had three. So based on my biased uh, examination of that, uh, I'm going to give the edge to the Steelers three linebackers. I don't think you need to apologize to be biased at all there. I think that's pretty spot on. And finally, Pete Sataki from Albuquerque, New Mexico asks, I heeded your earlier advice and quit reading unverified outlets for Steelers information, mock drafts, trades, disgruntled players, etc." Since this change in lifestyle, I have been amazed at the amount of extra time I have at my disposal. In fact, last month alone, I solo climbed Mount Everest, completed a 3,977-mile trek down the Amazon River, helped build a church in Haiti, worked for 10 days on a humanitarian hunger mission in the Congo, and meditated for two weeks with Tibetan monks in a high mountain temple. My wife and kids also have noticed I am more attentive and happy. Do you have any more worldly advice for wayward fans? Um, 
you know, thanks got a lot for done. Uh, feeding. <laughs> I, I, all I would suggest, stay off social media. Use that extra time to listen to more podcasts like this one. Uh, Tom made a significant educational commitment to a career in radio. Uh, I think we all owe it to him to pay attention to his work. And now it's paying off as I get to sit down with you every week, Labs. I got to love it. The vision has been fulfilled. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Ask and Answer. We always appreciate your input and your questions. Get questions into Labs now. Maybe you'll hear them read on this very podcast next week. But for Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Opferman, and we'll talk to you on the next Ask and Answered.